0: Log Talk Radio. I got my two co hosts with me, Vinny the Shark and Big Mike. They are over with Goon tonight. I'm coming to you solo from Woodbury, and we're less than two weeks away from NFL football, guys, and less than 48 hours removed from the McGregor Mayweather fight. And we're going to cover all of that tonight. And of course, we want you guys all to get involved. Give us a call at 646 716 5403. That's 646 716 5403. Don't forget when you call. It'll connect you. Give us a second to get to you. It'll get you on right away with us. And uh, we'll talk to you there. Also, send us some tweets at Over the Top Sport. We'll uh, answer your tweets throughout the show. We'll also answer the tweets throughout the week. And, of course, follow us on our website. Follow us on Instagram as well. And uh, let me say, guys, we've been hearing from Vinny since the first show that Floyd was going to be money. And Vinnie Uber right to kind of talk right now and a uh, little bit of a humble break. Talk about the weekend and the fight that was.
1: Here comes
0: the money. Here we go. Money
1: talk. Here comes the money.
2: Money, money. My name is Floyd. My name is Floyd. My name is Money May Weather. That's right. 50-0, the match play of the year, was successful. I hope you all join Floyd Mayweather via knockout, TKO, or disqualification. What a bet that was. What a cash-in that was. And I hope everybody jumped on my back. But I would like to throw out a special, special um, tip of the cap to Conor McGregor for uh, putting on quite a better performance than I imagined. I did have the fight going under eight and a half rounds. And it went over. But... The main result happened. That was a knockout, which I knew was going to happen. I couldn't have been any more confident. And that my man Floyd Mayweather, he's 50 and 0. No boxer has ever had a better record with most consecutive wins than Floyd Money Mayweather. Uh, Mike, what did you think of the fight? Uh, I was surprised at how how good McGregor looked at first, but um, after seeing how Floyd just turned it on, I felt like I was tricked. I felt deceived, and I think the whole thing was a fix. I really do. And that's just giving credit to Mayweather. I think he let McGregor toy with him for a few rounds, get the crowd into it. And then, I mean, he flipped the switch and he looked unbelievable. Yeah, he sure did. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what's going on with our producer goon here. I thought we had a caller coming in, but um, I actually thought the fight was a little fixed myself because in the first three rounds, Mayweather really didn't throw too many punches. He, I think he threw for like a total of like 15 to 20 punches in yeah. the first three rounds. And whenever he had a good attack, he didn't put him away. He went in quickly into defensive mode and he didn't keep the attack on him. He could have been a lot more relentless and knocked him out earlier, but he seemed to fall back and kind of like McGregor regroup. I and it, it seemed a little fixed to me in the beginning. And maybe they uh, worked out something together that they had to end the fight in a certain round. But bottom line, money won. Won by the knockout. And my man's 50 know, and, and I have a lot of paychecks coming my way next weekend, and I can't wait to collect. We do have to give props, though, to uh, Randy Tron. Last week did tell us over 31 punches landed by McGregor was the only bet he was going to take, and he crushed it. I mean, what, three rounds? He had landed 31 punches already. I think two. So props to uh, Randy Tron, who has called in to give us MMA advice, last week boxing advice. And he aced his only bet. So. And this is true. I give a lot of props to uh, McGregor, don't get me wrong. But I think that uh, punch streak, I saw a lot of stats today of him landing more punches than Manny Pacquiao and all that. I think that wasn't uh, the same Floyd we were seeing, from the, especially the Floyd those guys fought. But uh, he seemed to not really be into the fight until he didn't really kick into gear until so I say think, round four. Do you think it was an older looking Floyd or do you think it was more of a Floyd letting McGregor... Do those things and draw the attention. A little bit of both, but more of your second point there. I think uh, I think he definitely allowed him to make the fight look better because so many people complained about the Manny Pacquiao Mayweather fight. His Mayweather, oh. I think he could have ended in round one if he really wanted to, and he knew that's not what the people paid for. Nobody cared about the undercard. Nobody really watched that. Everyone came to see these two fight. I thought Mayweather could have ended in the round one if he really wanted to. He didn't even swing, but uh, I think he definitely went out there made McGregor look good. But now we have a big question. Is McGregor going to stick to boxing, or is he really going to go back to UFC? Well, I was going to ask you, do you think Mayweather's actually done? Because he has said this before, and he said it right again after the fight. I'm done. This was my last fight. I mean, $100 million. And if I turn around to $100 million, is he coming back, or you don't think so? I'd like to say that he's finished, especially at the even 50-0. I was blown away he retired at 49-0. But uh, he, this is the second time he's come back from retirement. So who who am I to say? I know for sure he's done a 50-0. You know, I'd like to say at his age he is done. But if the right fight comes at the right time and he knows he's going to win and collect another $100 million paycheck because you, you know he won't come back for anything less, maybe he will. Who knows? But he's got nothing left to prove. He's beaten everybody. Uh, it's going to have to be another spectacle like it was with McGregor for him to come back. But, guys, um, you're forgetting about the best fight of the week. Which was that? It was the, the Yankees and Tigers game on Thursday. That was awesome. <laughs> that was an interesting brawl. We haven't seen a baseball brawl like that in quite some time, Rob. What did you think of it? I uh, Listen, I think that when you're Austin Roman and
0: the Hall of Famer talks to you, you shut your mouth and take the punches.
2: Uh, you can't go up there and just take the crap, though.
0: No, I'm just playing with you. I was trying to see if I can get you riled up. No, Miguel Cabrera was obviously um, out of line there. Probably the frustrations of a bad season for Detroit, plus... Um, You know, his skills are starting to decline a little bit. He's not the player he once was. It probably all came to a head. And, uh, you know, he got the seven games. I think he deserved the seven
2: games. You know what? He's been around the sport long enough to know that after the hit by on Sanchez that he was the guy in the lineup that was going to be taking the hit. It was a friendly hit to Cabrera, and I don't know why he behaved like that. And for him to swing like that, too, I guess Roman really instigated him not to piss him off enough. I was surprised by Mickey. He's been around no long enough. He was going up there and was going to wear one.
0: But if these suspensions are upheld, it can really affect the AL East playoff race. A guy like Gary Sanchez, he's carried the Yankees in the second half. He's been in the second half what Judge was in the first half, and Judge is MIA the entire second half. If he's going to have to miss four games, especially if it's, you know, coming up in this, this big series this weekend, that could really affect the uh, pennant race.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's crazy because um, the difference Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge are on right now. Gary Sanchez is currently on second base. Aaron Judge is on the bench, not playing tonight. Sanchez has been on a tear. Uh, I wish he took this four games already because if he loses this appeal, he might be out for the Boston series this weekend. And that's obviously a huge series. The Yankees are two and a half back. But uh, Sanchez certainly deserves suspension if think, anything. of anything. Seattle. They didn't even need Sanchez. Yeah, so. no. we They could have beat Seattle without him. Masahiro looked great yesterday. Um, they definitely need him for Boston. That's for sure. And uh, I hope these four games don't come into play this weekend.
0: 808 on uh, Over the Top Sports Radio and uh Goon's telling me that we have somebody on the line, so uh, who do we have on the line, and uh, where are you from? Hi, right,
3: this is Ed. I'm calling from Cincinnati today. How are you
0: guys doing? Ed, how are hey, you? Hey, what's up,
3: Ed? How
2: are you?
3: Not too bad. Hey, uh, so I, I've been listening to you guys. I mean, honestly, I've only been listening to you guys for a couple of minutes, but uh, I, I want to know um, the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Do you guys talk a lot of NFL on this show? Well, we're
2: talking yeah, about we're them actually tonight. Yeah, yeah, we're going to break down the AFC North tonight.
3: tonight. Oh, cool. Uh, well, I was going to ask, uh, how do you, think, uh, do you think Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger are really going to make it happen this year? Or how do you think those two specifically are going to make the uh, offense work for the Steelers?
2: Well, uh, personally, we were just talking about this before, they have the sixth easiest schedule in the NFL. We'll touch more on this later when we break it down. But, I mean, there's no excuses this year. This should be the year for them. The rest of that division is horrendous. Uh, we'll see what Vinny and Rob think later on with the other teams. I personally think they're horrendous. I should say, there's no excuses. This should be the year. They should be goal right now. AFC Championship against the New England Patriots. And I'm worried about I, Ben's I, health. You know what?
3: I I think so. Um, I I think they are going to go. I think they actually can go all the way this year. My only concern is that uh, if uh, if you look at guys like Ben Roethlisberger, um, and uh, you know how how he is able to absolutely butt fuck Antonio Brown right in his shitty asshole and make him come on his
0: own face and jack off on his own self.
1: Well, that was some interesting
2: point in, right there.
0: Yeah, that call took a turn for the, uh, the worst, but Hey, it's okay. Cause in the end, that's basically what they're going to do to the rest of the AFC and North. And I think we're going to all get into that. And, uh, from the sound of things, Mike and Vinny, it sounds like I agree with the two of you on that division. Um, but good points to start it off. But yeah, those those two are pretty good players, and uh, when you add a Le'Veon Bell and a Martavis Bryant, that's one hell of an offense.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, Rob. I mean, Bryant coming back is huge. I don't think people even look at that, uh, you know, because he has been there and just was suspended. But I mean, that's you're gaining almost another wide receiver one there. It's huge. But
0: Mike, we were talking about the baseball. You know, I don't want to get away from it. Hey, Any time a guy calls, I'll talk about anything. But now there's just the three of us again. Mike, you're the one that broke the fight down to me. Um, I didn't know I was at the golf at the Northern Trust on Thursday. You start telling me that there's a fight. I'm thinking, hey, little bit shoved, little bit talking here. Bench is clear. Everybody's, uh, you know, maybe talking to each other. This was a full-out brouhaha, Mike. Uh, what did you see when you were watching it live?
2: Yeah, I I was shocked, and then they came out two more times after that initial one. I mean, this was a this was a good brawl. This was Yankees-Orioles. This was not just going out there and, you know, seeing what everybody was doing after the game or the upcoming weekend. There was punches being thrown. There was actual dislike for each other. It was great. And, you know, when you see that, uh, one of the Yankees said, it might have been Gary Sanchez, this will bring a team together. And it means nothing to Detroit. They're out of it. I mean, you know, Miggy will take the week off, no problem. He doesn't need to, to go out there and play. But for the Yankees, this is something that could bring them together and, uh, you know, maybe they go on a little run here.
0: Yeah, I thought it could be a rallying cry for them, too. They had each other's back. Um, The the funny thing is, though, they had two guys that uh, got suspended, the only two catchers on their 40-man roster. So it would have been very interesting to see what would have happened if they didn't. Um, They weren't able to appeal or have any problems before September 1st, and they have the two catchers suspended at the same time.
2: Yeah, and actually, I give, I mean, I everybody makes fun of her, and I think she's horrible, too, but uh, Susan Waldman actually said it right away during the broadcast and said, hey, if they're both suspended, who's catching for them? And John Sterling just said, uh, I, I don't know, Susan, and went back to calling, uh, you know, whatever he sees during the game. But she was heads up. She called that out right away, like, uh, who's catching for us to come next week if they're both serving the suspension? And what uh what do you think about Romain's role in this fight? Does he deserve those two games? Because that seems to be something a lot of Yankee fans are bothered with. If you're talking to
0: me, I think I think he deserves the two games. Um, He did throw some punches. That's the bottom line. Listen, if you fight, you're going to get suspended. If you throw a punch, you're going to get suspended. Uh, the people that started, the people that were the main cause, are always going to get more games. The same thing happened last, last week in my men's league game. A guy on my team got cheap-shotted. He fought back. He got a game, though. He got more games, but you know, you fight, you're going to get suspended. Um, it might go down to one game on an appeal. Uh, he did throw some punches, though. So if Austin Roman, Roman only sits one or two games, that's fine. Um, you don't really rely on him anyway. Sanchez, that I would want um, to get that four games down to two or three because as much as he got into it, he was still defending just a teammate.
1: Yep. For sure. So
0: we're gonna regroup, guys. Uh, Take a minute. We're gonna talk some AFC North, some AFC East football tonight on the show. Also gonna talk some more about McGregor Mayweather. Uh, Mike's got a rant for you. We got some fantasy picks for you as well. Vinny's gonna talk some bets and college football is back, guys. So we're gonna talk some college football and we come back in just a minute on Over the Top Sports Radio. Mm
2: Monday, and uh, the producing has sucked yet again. The phone call was terrible, but uh, we're back. And uh, There's it's a valid point, for, though. He had, yeah, You have to re- say that. Yeah, real valid point. <laughs> so this week's rant is completely baseball-related. Let's get right to it. First off, to all you Yankee fans crying that Austin Romine was just defending himself and shouldn't have been suspended. Get off your high horse. Yes, Miguel Cabrera did start the entire scrum, and Miggy was punished as well for starting that scrum. I counted at least three punches thrown by Romine. If you throw punches in baseball, you get suspended. Jose Batista last year got suspended one game for getting cracked in the jaw by Odor. Batista tried to put his hands up or block and throw a punch, but he did nothing, and he still got suspended. Now on Twitter this past week, I've had many Twitter lawyers telling me Romine was acting in self-defense. Let me explain the definition of self-defense. Self-defense is defined as the right to prevent suffering, force, or violence through the use of sufficient level, or counteracting force or violence. With that definition, Romine tackling Miggy while Miggy is still trying to punch him would be defined as self-defense. Romine, sitting on top of him throwing body shots does not qualify. And Yankee fans should feel very lucky that Sanchez was only suspended four games while we're at it. Here's a guy who ran off the bench like American Pharoah and started throwing cheap shots into Miggy. Yankee fans really just need to shut up and realize you got lucky. And this brings us to part two of the rant. These stupid baseball jerseys with the nicknames. MLB called it Players Weekend and said it adds personality and it's a way to engage with all kids of all ages. Really, if that was the case, you would just put nicknames on the back of the normal home and away jerseys. But instead, you had to come up with new color schemes and new designs. Call this what it was, another way to make a dollar. Let's look at a few of them. You had David Price, Astro's dad. That's David's dog, in case you didn't know. David should say Sox robber, because he's literally stealing money from the Red Sox with the way he's performed and how many games he's actually played. Then you have Michael Brantley on the Indians, Dr. Smooth. 39 at-bats last season and multiple DL trips this season. Real smooth. And then you have Yohannes Cespedes, La Potencia, or however you say it, which means power. You have 17 home runs. You spend most of the year on the DL. And when you have it, you've been out in left field hobbling for baseballs. If they do this again, you should go with El Tendin de la Corva, or the hamstring. And in Philly, we have Hung Su Kim have Chinese symbols on the back of his jersey as a nickname. How the hell is the average fan going to relate to him? To me, this is making a mockery of the game. You don't think someone like Cal Ripken is saying to himself, you've got to be kidding me. If you want players to show personalities, give every team a Saturday off and have them all go to Little League fields and teach the game. I interact with the kids one on one. Otherwise, just copy the NFL, let them wear special cleats, believe the damn jerseys alone. All right, Rob. A little heated here, but uh, you really don't think Roman deserved anything. You think he's just supposed to get swung at and not even defend himself. Just take that because he only threw the punches because he was thrown out first. Yeah, but he took him down to the ground. He took him down to the ground and then started throwing punches. He engaged in Miggy and took the fight down to the ground, which was fine. If he had just tackled him, that's fine but tackled him and then started throwing punches. If you throw punches in baseball, you get games. But how does he know he's not going to keep throwing punches? He could have tried to attempt to get up. He didn't. He had his arms wrapped around him, and then was still throwing rights. What's he supposed to do, just put his arms behind his back and hope he's Floyd he Mayweather? Attempt to get, I mean, come on, he could attempt to get up. And then you have Sanchez and Romine both throwing punches. One more Yankee in there, and you have Gangasol. Well let me, let me tell you something. The worst part of this brawl was certainly Gary Sanchez in there. He, the guy was laying on his back and he came in there and swung at his head. That was uh, I love Gary to death, but you can't defend him on that. That's for sure. Uh, I'm very surprised he only got four games. I think for the most part, the suspensions were right. I think Romine could have got away with it. Yeah, I'm complaining about a backup catcher because my starting catcher is not going to win his appeal because he had the dirtiest lick in that fight. Well, I understand that point, that you, you're going to lose two catches. But, I mean, for Jose Batista last year to get one game, and he didn't do anything except get his jaw rocked. I mean, what do, they, what do you guys expect? Roman to get nothing? For, come on. But overall, I have to say the suspensions were justified and right. But uh, Roman was a debatable one because, in my opinion, it was only self-defense for him. And, and the jerseys? I mean, come on. Now, these jerseys, as a Yankee fan, horrible. Horrible. Couldn't take them. And some of these nicknames are so stupid. And guys, uh, you know – I guess it's kind of fun. It's more of a Yankee fan. I, hate, I hated seeing my players' names on the back of their jerseys. The jerseys were hideous for most of the teams for the most part. The nicknames were mainly stupid. There was four El Ninos in baseball. <laughs> I mean, what are, we, what are we doing? You know, it was, once, it was just for the weekend. I guess they were trying to have some fun. It was the players' weekend. They got to express themselves. I'm sure you're very happy they didn't pu- express themselves politically like, you know, they were probably <laughs> doing the NFL with some kind of uh, everyone wearing the same color That's socks true. or something. I I the MLB good. was pretty happy about that. But I guess it was uh, overall a lot of fun, but as a diehard Yankee fan, it really bothered me to see names on the back of the jerseys and them doing that and seeing them play in Yankee Stadium not in their glorified pinstripes. Now, is this something you actually feel that fans, younger fans, of course, related to the players with these nicknames? Or, I mean – Hundo P. Hundo P. Yeah, I mean, come on. Absolutely, and those jerseys are going to sell for the most part. I bet you so many people have All Rise 99 already and um, L. Kraken and Jeffs. I don't know. Why was – um. Stanton, who was on quite a tear, 50 home runs. We'll yes, get into that. Yes. Um, well, I see Cruz. I didn't understand. He should have just made it, Mike Stanton. That was his old name, exactly. right? <laughs> I didn't understand. But uh, hey, uh, the jerseys were fun. I guess it's great for the younger generation. Uh, it's pretty much me being a Yankee fan with my beef with it. Uh, so other than that, I guess I guess it, was, it is what it is, and it's money for the MLB. But let's let's talk about Stanton real quick before we get into the AFC uh, North and East. Um, what do you think about this 50 home runs? Is he going to pass Roger Maris' season mark? No, I think he's eventually going to slow down. Um, I mean, it's awesome what he's doing. He's actually put them in contention. I think going into tonight, they were four and a half games out of a while. The Rollins are a hot team. Yeah, he's, you know, single-handedly uh, – well, and I I got to give him credit there also. But, I mean, he's, he's putting them on their backs, really, and drawing the fans into it again. And this is a team at the beginning of the year that was lost, and he looks awesome. And how about uh, – we've been saying it all year, Reese Hoskins on Philly – I mean, we've told you guys four times take him up in fantasy. The last two weeks, eleven home runs, twenty three RBIs, hitting three fifty-three. I mean, this kid is a stud in Philly right now and he equally has put on a show like Stanton. He's looked good. Mike always has the best fantasy insights, so always check our Twitter because Mike's got great players for you guys and I know the fantasy baseball players are coming up for everybody. But let's get into football now. Let's get into that AFC East. Uh, Very pathetic division, if you ask me, where it's quite favorable to one team. And that's our defending Super Bowl champions. And then there's a couple of low teams. And let's go over the odds here. Super Bowl odds. The Patriots have the lowest odds payout in all the NFL. The Patriots are plus 325. And then we got some big-time numbers for you. If you want to try to strike gold or throw your money in the toilet, I like to say. The Dolphins are 7500 The Bills are 15000 And the New York Jets are plus $30,000. $100 will win you $30,000 if the Jets somehow make the Super Bowl, but that requires winning games to make the playoffs. Division odds, the Patriots, this is astronomical for a division odds, minus $1,000. That means you've got to put down $1,000, win $100 on the Patriots to win a division, which is a good bet if you ask me. <laughs> I think it's your money's bet. safe. It's a lot. Was, an that line is safer than Mayweather's odds against McGregor. And um, next up, the Dolphins have the best odds at plus 1,000, complete opposite. The Bills are 1,200, and the Jets are plus 5,000. So, Mike, what do you got going on in this division? We know you got the Patriots. What else you got to say about this? I have the Patriots at 15-1. It's 12th toughest schedule. Um, I mean, I'm not even going to go through their schedule because they really could and should win every game. We'll talk about who they added. Stefan Gilmore from the Bills' top corner, Brandon Cooks, a top wide receiver, Dwayne Allen, Mike Gillisley, and Rex Burkhead. You can arguably say this is the most weapons that Tom Brady has ever had, and he's played with Randy Moss. They've lost Logan Ryan, LeGarrette Blount, Martellus Bennett, and Chris Long. Uh, to me, I mean, this is, this is the clear favorite, and I agree with you, a thousand uh, – what was it, a thousand dollars? No- uh, Minus 1,000. It's a pretty- win the division because the second team there for the division is playing with a quarterback that was supposed to be on Fox this season. So they have no competition when it comes to the division. Uh, the next team I have in the division, I do have Miami, seven and nine. I have the Bills, seven and nine also. The uh, Dolphins have the sixth toughest schedule, the Bills, the fifth toughest schedule. To me, these can flip-flop in the standings means nothing to me. I'm not sure about you. The seven and nine, I can't see either of them getting to eight wins. I actually bet Miami under with the wins. Um Miami added Lawrence Timmons, Nate Allen, Julius Thomas. Do any of them mean anything to you? or? No, not at all. All right. So they lost Brandon Albert, Mario Williams, who, I mean, is beyond the, this point in his career, and obviously Ryan Tannenhill. The Bills added Jordan Matthews and uh, Micah Hyde, and then lost Gilmore, Robert Woods, Mike Gazelle, Zach Brown, and Ronald Derby. I mean, either of these teams for you doing anything this season? Not at all. Not at all. I'm with you with the Patriots being 15-1. and one and that's only because I think a team will beat them in the middle of the season. Otherwise, I think they'll go 14-2 and two because of that last game where they're not going to play their guys probably, but who the hell knows what Bill Belichick does. But uh, they have a legit shot of 16-0, this team, because why not? It's the Patriots, and that's always a threat, I guess. But uh, I'm going to go 15-1. and one. I'm sure one team will get their best effort, and they'll slide a bit, and they won't be on their A game. The rest of the division, man, it stinks. Um, the Dolphins, I'll go over win totals real quick. The Patriots, 12 and a half. Hammer that over. There's no way they don't win 13 games this year. Yes, I'm implying they're never going to lose more than three games. The Dolphins are next at seven and a half. I think that's a joke. Jay Cutler was on his way, eating every day. He was in bad shape, apparently. And like Mike said, he was going to be on Fox. Now he's a starting quarterback, and I don't think he's ready to win any football games Not like he ever won any football games in the past anyway. uh, Interception, he will lead the league in them. He's very good at that. The Bills. Let me touch on the Bills here. The over-under is six. The over is minus one fifty-five. That's a interesting number. I think the Bills could be pretty good, but I think they might want to suck after that trade they did with the Sandy Watkins trade. Right. They're going to have two first-round picks in the first round, two first-round uh, second-round picks, and two second-round uh, third-round picks. I think they're That's, quietly saying, without coming out and saying it, we're rebuilding. Yeah, they're and, they're tanking this year, and, and I think it'd McCoy be smart though. Why wouldn't you trade them? Yeah, uh, they might as well. Running backs are very e- easily replaceable, but I guess because they traded for him, they feel the need to hang on to him. That was their asset. And um, this is probably Tyrod Taylor's last year with the bills. I'd imagine who's not a bad quarterback. Honestly, he's not a, I'm not, he's not a guy invested in and say, Hey, go win me games out there, but he can win games. I, I know I'm not going to win a Super Bowl with this guy, but he's competitive enough. The bills love what they're doing. That trade great time to rebuild next year. They're really investing in next year's draft. Uh, but this year I think they're a good team. That's not going to perform so they could get ready for next year as Brady gets older and maybe be the next team to take that step in that division and the jets four and a half with the under at minus 200. I uh, love that bet. Honestly, I would, I wouldn't mind throwing down a G and win 500 on that, but jets aren't going to win four and a half games. Hackenberg is their quarterback. Uh, I don't even know. McCown or who them, the hell is it going to be three and 13. Be. If they're lucky, I got the New York jets going one and 15. This team's abysmal, Mike. It's disgusting. Uh, I don't see anything they could do to win any games. But they did make my Geno Smith look bad, and if you want to criticize me for that, last year, last week I was on air, I told you guys to bet on Geno Smith. I'm an idiot. I can't call myself a shark and tell you to bet on Geno Smith. I take that back. I apologize, but I did hit the max play of the year for you guys, you did, and I hope to did. hit you some more this week, so stay with you us. also hit the Yankees that day also. So, we uh, did, we did. All you right. hit more than you miss. I just want to touch on, before we move on, do you think the Edelman injury is any concern for the Patriots, or are they perfectly fine? Uh, it's a concern because he's a great – weapon for them and he has great chemistry with Brady but they just they could pick up a clerk from 7-11 and make this guy the next wide receiver Chris Hogan's the next man up love him in fantasy football this year so anybody who yeah, didn't have Amidolo's your dress still there I Amid- mean Amendola's kind of the same guy in the right. slot as Edelman yep. you know uh he's just usually hurt now Edelman's actually hurt but uh yeah it's gonna hurt because Edelman's a big part of that team but it shouldn't hurt because they're the Patriots I agree with you so I agree with you. now let's get into the AFC North much better division, but I shouldn't say much better division. A little bit a little bit better division. Uh, the Steelers are on top here. We'll go Super Bowl odds here. Steelers plus 1,200. Not a bad payout for them, honestly. Ravens plus 5,000. The Bengals plus 5,000. And the Browns, same odds as those Jets, plus $30,000. Division odds, Steelers minus 150. The Ravens plus 350. The Bengals plus 300. And the Browns plus 2,500. Yeah, so I'll just tell you real quick. I have the Steelers 12-4. They have the fifth easiest schedule, as we were telling Nicola before. Um, I think – what was the lock for them? I'm sorry, the over-under you had there? Uh, team total win for the Steelers is 10 and a half. To me, that's a lock. I can't see them not getting that 10 and a half. That, to me, is easy money. Um, as far as the Bengals, 8-8, fourth easiest schedule. I just uh, – I don't know. I don't see them doing anything special. The Ravens, I think, overachieved last year, 7-9 and 9. this year for me. Ninth easiest schedule. And the Browns, Vinny, they will win five games this year. Hammer the over four and a half. Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator. These kids are going to be tough to play. No, no, no. Don't do that, audience. Please don't do that. 12th easiest (laughs) schedule. The Browns will win five games. You telling the audience to bet on the Browns like me telling them last week, which, you know, Smith, we're not looking too good here with those. I disagree with the Browns. (laughs) I have the wins. I have the wins. Week three at the Colts, the Browns will win. Week 5, home against the Jets, the Browns will win. Week 11, home against the Jags, those Browns will win. Week 15, against the Ravens, they're going to win. And week 16, in Chicago, against the Bears, the Browns will win. Not if Trubisky is playing a quarterback. But uh, you definitely hit up your local bookie and take the straight bets <laughs> as well on those. Uh, that's what I would say. And definitely take the under of 4.5. All right, so real quickly, I had the Steelers in first place, too. 10.5. I think they're definitely a double-digit win team. I like the over myself, but I am worried about Ben. Um, he doesn't play that well on the road. He's a Heinz Field kind of guy now, and he's getting older. The guy was actually considering about retirement. Did you buy that whole retirement thing, though? Because I did not buy that. No, thing. I didn't buy it, but the fact that he said it, you know, he's always banged up where you kind of believe it a little bit, you know. He's always, always hurt, but big Ben in a big game, you know, you trust the guy behind him. Uh, I like the Steelers to win this division, and I, I have them 11-5, and five, so just over that half mark. I don't love it as a hammer, but I would take the over of 10 and a half. Next up, I have the Ravens, who I do like, and I kind of believe in Elite Flacco if he could come back here, and uh, he could win them some games. They are actually some good offensive weapons on that team. They have a solid core of receivers, and he throws a great deep ball. We know that. Uh, defense is usually pretty good. I know they're starting to lose some of those big names that they had over there, but uh, the Ravens are definitely a second-place team, if you ask me. Their over/under is nine. I had the Ravens at nine and seven, so I'm not gonna touch that. Next up is the Bengals. Their their team win total is eight and a half. I love the under for that. I'm not buying Dalton or anybody on that team. I don't really like the Bengals this year. Uh, I know they find a way to make the playoffs every single year for right. some reason. And yeah, never will buy half. the offense. I won't buy the defense. They just had Mixon, Ross uh, Green healthy, Eifert healthy. I think the offense could be okay. The defense is what scares me there. Yeah, they have a three-way trio of backs there with uh, my boy, Gion Bernard from the Tar Heel Nation over there, Jeremy Hill, and they drafted Nixon, uh, the wife beater, or girlfriend beater, or whatever. Uh, they are definitely gonna have a three-headed monster in the running game. But I don't trust Cincinnati. I love the under of eight and a half, which is at minus 130. I really like that a lot. And then we got those Browns, four and a half. Are you kidding me, Mike? I can't believe you're praising this team. The Cleveland Orange Helmets are going to go under four and a half this year. They always do, and them and the Jets will be battling for that number one draft pick. I think we have Rob back on the line, so uh, maybe we can get his standing projections for uh, the AFC North.
0: Yeah, Yeah, guys, I agree with you about the Steelers, but I don't agree, Mike, with you about the Browns. I I love them. Oh, give the Browns some love, Rob. I want to give them love, actually. I I just can't. I don't see it. Um, But one thing that I don't know if you guys talked about, I've been in and out, um, you see at the beginning of the Ravens schedule man, They could be 3-0 and very easily um, Three winnable games Harbaugh's there, he's got the extension A little bit less pressure right now under him um, they got a little bit of Better skill positions than you might think out there They could start the season 3-0, and but this is the Steelers division um, I'd probably take the Over 10 and a half too. Um, I'd, I'd say 11 games though So when I think 11, uh, You know, if I think they're going to win 11 I don't know if I would take it only half game over um, Because you know, you know that AFC North the Steelers and Ravens are always going to play three-point games. They're going to play good games. Somebody's going to steal a game. Um, hate Cincinnati guys. I just don't like them. I agree with you that they're going to be under. Um, I see them winning six to ten games uh, 6 uh, – I'm sorry, six to seven games. Um, Marvin Lewis is just a joke of a coach. Um, he's. A, they've been a joke of a franchise. You, uh, what are they doing drafting this guy, Nixon, guys? Isn't this guy with Gio Bernard was supposed to be three years ago? And Bernard is sitting there, and he's, he's young. They're not – fixing anything else they got perfect running around uh trying to decapitate people he's as talented as there is defensively in the nfl but this guy's going to get suspended or kicked out of the league very soon he went to my school asu so i've been watching him forever he was the, the best nfl is the about pac-12. second
2: chances rob the nfl yeah, is about he, second he chances was a, he was one
0: of the best players in the pac-12 and asu had him and they wouldn't let him play in their bowl game because he was such a screw-up the guy's a mess and he's going to hurt somebody and, he's and that, gonna, that only
2: pleased the NFL, letting him play. And Jeremy Hill's on the decline, and Gio Bernard can't block for crap. That guy's just a receiving back.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I just see a lot of him in Mixon. I just think that they need to go out and get a little bit better. Uh, they didn't need to get another running back. And, and the guys also could be a head case. Between him and, and Bonte's perfect, this is still the team that, that I sit there and I envision those stripes on their helmet being like bars. They're all going to be in jail one day. I well, just Bob, don't like hey, think he's team. Get
2: suspended. I think they yeah. said that today. I think he's supposed to face a five-game suspension for the regular yeah, season. Did you see that so hit?
0: That hit was incredible. I did, yeah. It was such but a deep I mean, shot.
2: Five games is it seems like a lot to me. I know he's a repeat offender, but
0: and, and Mike, you were talking about the games that you see the Browns winning, and I agree. I actually had them winning four games, so we're not that far off. Okay, and four games for the Browns is a huge improvement over last year. You had five, out of four. So, so listen, four is still a terrible team, a terrible season. But, but what is that win over the Colts on? Is that based on Andrew Luck's, uh, uh, you know, being unhealthy, Mike?
2: Yeah, it absolutely is. I'm glad you brought that up. I don't see Luck playing till he's not even practicing yet. Uh, there's no return for the practice. I, I'm thinking he's going to start the season on the pop list, to be honest with you. I don't think he's as healthy or even close to being healthy as some uh, reports have led you on to be. So I think he's missing time and a lot of it. I can't wait to see Big Mike roast the Colts next week when we do the AFC South.
0: Yeah, I, I, listen, I've always been a, a Luck fan. I, I took him in the eighth round of a keeper draft last night just in case he does get healthy so he's a keeper for me next year in the eighth round. Um, I had to back him up right in the ninth round. I picked another quarterback. So I had somebody um, – I think I, picked, I actually picked Eli Manning, hoping he can hold the fourth down. And if I can never get any magic out of Luck late season, that, that's fine. That's I, a great I'm pick, so Rob. Of, I'm so worried about Luck too, Mike. Uh, this guy has got all the talent. He should be the best quarterback in football, but he can't stay on the field. Um, partially, guys, it's because of his salary that he makes. He signed that huge extension, and, and they have no money under the cap to make their offensive line better, and you know, he's going to get hit and hit and hit, and I'm so afraid that he's going to be Carr again. If you remember what well, was exactly. Carr and Houston, he's going to be in Carr.
2: Yeah, you hit it on the head. They just cannot protect him. He's faced so many sacks. He takes a beating. Um, you know, he has kind of backed himself in the corner with that contract, though, so I mean, he's got to restructure it, take more as a signing bonus, do something, but they need to protect that kid. Yeah, and I'm
0: sorry guys that I had to uh, bail out on you a little bit before at work. missed a couple of things. But I know I missed your AFC's preview, uh, assuming that you guys are all on the Patriots. Uh, what did you have for the Patriots win total? Though, I was
2: wondering. Twelve and a half.
0: What were you guys uh, bet? What are you guys picking? What do you guys have them? What are you projecting them?
2: Over. Yeah, I have them 15 in one run. Where's their loss?
0: You can you can project the Browns win. So where's the, the uh, Patriots loss coming?
2: I couldn't even tell you. I'm uh, betting on not being able to go 16 and 0. I think Kansas City always plays them tough and has historically given Brady a little bit of fits here and there. So wouldn't shock me week one um, if that was it and then they go on a stretch. But I think somewhere in that season you'll they'll see some sort of loss. If that was an Arrowhead, I would agree with you, Mike. But it's in Foxborough, so you know you gotta go Tom at home. Any of you guys have any love for
0: uh, the Dolphins? Well, I have them actually winning nine games this year, eight or nine games this year. Am I the highest one of the uh, three of us?
2: Yeah, yeah, Uh, far. far. I
0: like like Gaze, man. I think Gaze is a good coach. Yeah, That's um, that's all you like? (laughs) No, I I, I don't think they're going to take that big of a step backwards with Cutler over Tannehill. I don't. I think they Uh, do. Landry Landry and Parker and Ajayi, they got the skill positions there. Uh, their defense is vastly underrated. Look what they did last year. Uh, they were able, you know, look, look what they did last year. How much worse are they right now? I, I don't see it. They're in an easy division. Uh, the Bills are clearly playing for 2018 and 19. They're just trying to rack up draft picks. They're getting rid of everybody. Now Tyrod Taylor has a concussion. Who knows when how much he'll play this year. Uh, they're in a division where they could get three or four wins in division. And Miami always gives New England fits at home. I'm not saying they're going to go five and one in the division, but they're four and two in the division. You look at the rest of their schedule, uh, they could get nine wins with that team, assuming Cutler stays healthy.
2: Yeah, I I just don't see it. Carson Wentz shredded them the other night against the starters uh, in the preseason. I don't think that defense is going to be as good as it was last year. I think that was more of a fluke. And again, I mean, this is Jay Cutler we're talking about. Jay Cutler sucks. And <laughs> I just, I don't think he's the same as Tannenhill. You know, he is familiar with Gates, but uh, I don't see it. And there's even rumors there are they're shopping Landry. They came out today and denied that. But they secretly can be and just know we need to, you know, start focusing on next year and, and see what we can get for him while he's at a high. Yeah, it's all about Jay Cutler with me too, Rob. That guy does suck. Mike is 100% right. And I'm not trusting this guy. I fully expect him to lead the league in interceptions. I don't think he's ready to come back. I think they get up to a – he gets off, at least, to a very sluggish you know start. He's hurt. He could be Matt Moore by week five. How do you trust this guy? He put together one really good statistical year with Denver, and then mm-hmm. I don't know how he got that Bears team to the uh, NFC Championship. And then um, – what, what was that? Rahini what was the yeah, backup. That, yeah. um, that was his best shot at ever making a name for himself in Super Bowl contention. I think his uh, January football days are way behind him. I definitely, definitely have the Dolphins under seven and a half.
0: Yeah, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I still could see them at eight and nine wins. But we'll see. I mean, that's what's fun about it. If we agreed on everything, we'd be a really boring talk show. Um, I, I think Tannehill sucks, guys. I really think Tannehill's awful, and I have a lot of friends and people that I work with that are actually Dolphins fans. Dolphins got a lot of fans up here, and they hate Tannehill, and they said how bad he was, and that's all I ever heard, and the fact that he helped them get to nine wins last year. I just don't see Cutler with those weapons. He's got a big arm. He's reunited with Gates, who he was very close with and had some of his best years with in Chicago. Uh, he knows the system well. And like I said, I think they have a soft schedule, but we'll see, and that's what the fun is, and we're going to be talking about these games. Every week now, between now and January, and we can go back and look at these and go, like, "Oh, Rob, you're an idiot," or "Oh, Vinny, you are right," or "Mike, you're an idiot," you know, and that's what's fun about it.
2: Um, Definitely going to be fun tracking it. the Browns with Mike, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I just last want to thing, pick up uh, the Steelers real so to quick too. One more time, Do- I have them starting five and zero. Browns, Vikings, Bears, Ravens, Jaguars. Who is this? You sure you don't have them zero one? <laughs> I have <laughs> the Steelers, Rob. I said five and zero. Browns. Vikings, Bears, Ravens, Jaguars. Are they in Minnesota? Um, I don't have that in front of me.
0: <laughs> and and uh, the Baltimore game can be tough, too. I think at least four wins out of that. So I, I Listen, but I don't know if Le'Veon Bell is going to even be there right now. I'm telling you, I'm sick of hearing that this guy's working out on Instagram, and that means he's in shape. That's different than being a camp. Very Minnesota. any?
2: They are Minnesota. I probably had them losing that game. Uh, yeah, this whole Le'Veon Bell thing—he's going first and second in all these fantasy leagues. But uh, what has been the sign of this guy's going to come back and play? And Herm Edwards just said it too. He can't see him getting more than 20 snaps week one. He's just not going to be in football shape. Ben Roethlisberger came out and said we need him here to get him into football shape. You might be in regular shape, but it takes a lot more to be in football shape to absorb the hits. Uh, I mean, it's time to get, figure out a way to get this guy back in camp. It's run, the clock's it, ticking now. you got to get this guy out there with his teammates.
0: It's so crazy how many times I've heard somebody say, at least three or four people, don't worry about Le'Veon Bell. I follow him on Instagram. He's in shape. What the hell does that mean? That doesn't mean anything about being in football shape. You're not playing with the offensive line. You're not running any plays with your quarterback. You're not taking handoffs from Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, you're, not, you're not working on checkdowns and all the blocking and all the stuff. And you're not getting hit. And you can't just go from working out on Instagram to being hit in week one of the NFL. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if it's the Browns. You're getting and hit some by people... NFL players.
2: Some people are even saying that he's going to be better off because he's going to be more well-rested than everybody, which I think blows my mind. Now He's got to be out there with his teammates now. In the beginning, I was putting this off. Now I'm starting to be a little concerned. I'm sure he's going to get out there. But once they get this thing done, how you know how ready is he going to be?
0: Well, we already know he's not going to get any game action because games are in three days this
2: week. And well, Three couch, weeks of preseason have huh, already flew by. Though. He not <laughs> want to play these games. That was Full-on on purpose. Just like Odell. Just like okay. Odell, I'm telling you. He checked himself yeah, who, out of the preseason. <laughs> who now says, uh, you know, they came out today, he should be ready for week one, which, I mean, we all thought secretly anyway, but that's, that's huge news for Eli.
0: Well, that, that, that's if he's ready. We'll see. Um, you know, McAdoo doesn't give that much out there, and Odell's always going to be optimistic. Uh, hopefully, when he's out there, he's 100%. We don't want to go to Dallas, and they don't have Ezekiel Elliott. We don't have Odell. How do you think NBC feels about that? They sign up for that game, two of the league's top stars, both of them could be out of that game. NBC would be furious. But that leads me to ask you guys the question, when does the NFL change the preseason? When do we stop having to have
2: four games, even five games for some teams? Uh, Two or three games should be it. Absolutely. No more than two, enough of this. Uh, There's always a huge injury. I'm surprised there hasn't been that much bigger of one. Like Odell's the biggest name, but he's not going to miss all time. There's usually somebody who loses their season. Uh, completely from preseason. they got to knock it down to at least two. Enough of this four. It's too much, and it's too risky. I agree. I mean, you just saw Edelman. Uh, Odell got lucky. Spencer Ware, we didn't talk about. That's another one. I mean, there's no need for it. The players have told you they can be ready in two games. So.
0: And Dallas lost their middle linebacker. I think he's out for the season now.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's just no need for it. Uh, you, know, you always wow, hear about volume. the skill position
0: players. You always hear about the guys in fantasy football, but there's tons of offensive linemen and linebackers, safeties, corners. All these guys are also getting hurt as well. You don't hear about them as often, but now you start seeing the big names, guys like Julian Edelman, Odell Beckham. Uh, Spencer Ware not a big name, but he's fantasy relevant. And uh, Kareem Hunt, we talked about it on the website all week. Draft him, guys. Draft Kareem Hunt. He's going to be good in Andy Reid's offense. But uh, once these big names start missing time, that's going to get the onus to
2: maybe really change things.
0: Would you, would you guys be in favor, though, of a two-game
2: preseason and an 18-game regular season so they get nah. their money still? I don't want an 18-game regular season. I take too much pride in uh, historic stats, and that extra game will mess things up. So I'm against that. Yeah, I don't think yeah. you need to make I don't think that's the answer because they're already not playing their starters in Week 17 anyway. So, I mean, to me, yeah, that, that's going to make money, it a guys, 17-game season. Money. That's going to make it a 17-game season, and that means you're going to get screwed or help, or benefited by one extra home game. Also, well, unless everybody uh, has a Monday game. Not Who knows? Weeks. I'm sure they want to games. do that. 18 games, not 18 weeks, guys. 18 games. 18 games. So 19 weeks? Yeah. So 9-9, and and I'm, you know I'm still you have, against and you have
0: it. The Super, and you have the Super Bowl in February, uh, you know, on, on President's Day weekend. Everybody has off the next Monday. It's perfect.
2: Well, I'm sure America is with <laughs> you there. Everybody wants that next day to be a national holiday. I don't blame them. But I think it's, it's okay to be hungover at work the next day. I like football how it is. I don't like things being changed too much. Football's got a great playoff format, too. I like it. And, this, and look at the – records are going to be shattered. Like, look at the – Drew Brees throws 5,000 yards every year. He's going to throw 5,500 yards consistently every year for the extra games. You know, I'm huge in the historic stat stuff, and that will really just make yeah, records I'm break every that, year. i that
0: part, Vinny. But the only reason I bring up the 18 games
2: is because of money.
0: Owners aren't going to get rid of two preseason games, which is a full gate, you know, they get a gate for each home game and they get a portion of the second game uh, if they don't get uh, something on the other end. And uh, the only way to get rid of the preseason games, I think, is going to be to add them to regular season games because uh, you have to buy these games as a season ticket holder in the preseason. And owners aren't that's, that's guaranteed. So the Giants have 70,000 season ticket holders. They're paying for two preseason games no matter who plays. And they're not just going to give that up for nothing. The only way to get it back on their end is if they add a regular season home game. Um, that's why I brought that up. That's, that's to me the only way they could do it because otherwise they're not going to lose
2: the money. And the NFL is definitely all about the money. But what happens when someone gets hurt week 18 when it should have been a playoff game instead of the regular season game? I don't know. I don't know. I like the way everything is right now. Just keep it as is. And I don't yeah. think they're going to get rid of the preseason games because the rosters are so big. They, they need to evaluate all these players. they just – you're going to have to play your stars less. And, you know, if the third game can't be a going to the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter game for them. You know what to get out of them.
0: And Eli Manning always played into the third quarter, and you saw how Ben McAdoo was this week. They took him right out at the end of the first. And He always plays into the third quarter in this third week against the Chets, and McAdoo is having none of it this week. You could see it, and I'm sure that was a lot because of what happened to his star wide receiver the week before.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, rightfully so. You know what you're going to get out of Eli. And it uh, looks like Goon is telling us we do have a caller, hopefully better than the last one. Let's see how that goes. Hey, Hey, you're on Over the Top Sports. What's going on? What's your name? Where are you from? What do you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, this is Nas here in Atlanta, man. What's going
2: on? Ah, Nas. Our favorite caller. What's going on, my man, Nas? Hell, yeah. We wanted to start some trouble with y'all today, man. Oh, you started some trouble? Well, let's hear it. Yeah, last couple calls, man. I've heard people talk about Kaepernick, and I never got a
1: chance to have a ticket
2: on it. All right. I'm going to forward this over to Big Mike. You You go to war with Big Mike. All right, Nas. Let it rip. Nas, how are you, man?
1: Yeah, I'm all good, man.
2: All right, what do you got yeah. to say on Kaepernick? Let's hear it. Yeah, my biggest problem is
1: I think people end up arguing about things that have nothing to do with what the actual cause that he's upset about are or the actual issue he's addressing. We end up in these ancillary places with things that really uh, kind of turn into an invention because it's like, no, this was not against the flag. No, this was. <laughs> Not an anti-American stance. This was a stance that's actually very American. You're saying, can we uphold what the American flag is supposed to be, what the Constitution says, and everything else? And when we take on these challenges, we either get mad at the person for bringing them up, or we do some self-inspection. And it kind of becomes a problem because you start thinking about, uh, you know, that great playwright, The Iceman Cummings, where he says if America has to confront itself in the mirror, is she more likely to go fascist or super democratic? Now, you know, that's, a, that's an age-old question as far as our country is concerned. And what you find out is more than likely people are going to look for different ways to poke holes in whatever human being as opposed to saying, damn, there is something here that needs to be addressed. How do we address it? How do we figure it out? So I, I think sometimes we start to go for the okie-doke. Because uh, well, I was the, the Navy SEAL, Nate Boyer, the guy who told Colin Kaepernick, it'd be more respectful to take a knee rather than three. So he does that. People say, okay, well, what are you doing besides talking? And he starts giving out the money through the foundation, volunteering and everything else, and it's okay, well, you did that. But, well, well, how much money does he want? Does he really want to play? Like, there's always something else. It can never be he addressed an issue, maybe we should uh, discuss it and figure out if we can solve it, as opposed to throwing arrows at Kaepernick. So I, I think that's become a
2: huge problem. I hear you. So let me tell you what I have an issue with with Colin Kaepernick. I have an issue with when he shows up last season to training camp with uh, pigs on his socks dressed as police officers. I have an issue with Colin Kaepernick showing up to a post-game press conference wearing a Fidel Castro shirt. I have an issue with him kneeling the flag, but I understand that if he feels that that's his right, then that's fine. However, the thing with that is it's privately owned. The stadiums are privately owned. Being employed, technically, if that owner wanted him to stand, or if he refused to, he could be disciplined for that because it, that constitution does not protect you in a privately owned place like that. It's for the public. So those are my issues with Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah, also, with many people really? thought on this can thing I hit end, those
1: three? Well, I, I wait. Yes, please. You I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, those three. Those
1: three you just hit on. Okay, the yep. first one would be labor negotiation has nothing to do with the constitution. So we. When the NFL started looking into whether they could discipline people over that issue, they found out they didn't have anything in the legalese to address it. That's why they kind of did it on the basis of, look, man, if you want to do this, please talk to us, work with us on it, and we'll figure out a way. That's why teams, uh, they kind of did a good job last year trying to deal with that issue, which was on fire. The NBA, they actually have a policy in place within the CBA. That's why it was addressed differently. Uh, The the, the point about the the socks, yes, the socks were inflammatory. Uh, there's really nothing good to be said about the socks. Uh, the T-shirt. Uh, that's actually a Malcolm X T-shirt. I think I don't know why people keep saying a Fidel Castro shirt. Uh, the moment was at the Teresa Hotel when Castro was kicked out of the the UN's uh, whole little meeting, or he had a blow up down there. He went down to Harlem and stayed at the Teresa Hotel in Harlem. Met Malcolm X there. Famous picture in the Black community. A lot of people have it hanging up on their wall. So it, it's not a Fidel Castro shirt necessarily. But if you wear that in Miami, I could understand why the Dolphins will never sign, like,
2: completely understood. Right. So touch on that. In the rant uh, a couple weeks ago, I did mention that it was Malcolm X and Fidel Castro. I just want to make you aware that I was aware that it was Malcolm X on there. However, to wear Fidel Castro with Malcolm X, who's a historic leader, Fidel Castro ordered the murder of thousands and thousands of people in Cuba and still hasn't freed all of those people being held there like prisoners. So to wear that shirt in Miami – He's just an idiot. Going back to the play, he's being employed by the team owner. If the team owner wanted him to stand, he would have to stand or he could face discipline by the team. That's just the way it is. If you go on a privately owned railroad, like on Long Island, we have the LIRR, and you choose to have a drink, you're not going to be ticketed by police because it's privately owned. If he were on a New York subway... Yeah, yeah but different. my man, we're talking the about the NFL lawyers here.
1: They went through everything with a fine tooth comb. If they could have found something that said oh, they this found a something. They, they just don't do want to deal with they the backlash. They right, definitely like, could. They, they just they don't want to deal that. with the backlash.
2: Where's Kaepernick yeah, it's, with it's, all it's, of the murders going on in Chicago? That's what I want to know. That is a crisis going on right now, and we have him and all these other people marching for him in New York City. Where is all of these players, where are they in Chicago right now with all of the gang murders going on? Well, no, that's not well, because
1: they're, they're, hold on, hold on, because there are organizations that address uh, violence like that as far as the street. So if somebody comes out and does one organization, those people should do what that organization is built to do. You shouldn't ask them to go you know what I mean, Uh, be a part of the fire department. Like, that's not what they're qualified to do. So that becomes a certain point of avoidance once again. And like I said, that's where this topic leads us to where we constantly look for ways not to address the topic he brought up, which was black people being killed and then the policemen uh, never actually being tried in a way that most people would consider justice. Like, that's what the issue is. It's not necessarily just the killings. It's the aftermath of it, like we saw in Minnesota, things like that. So it, it, it's, it's a really, really deep, complicated thing. Because when we talk about street violence, street violence always been a problem everywhere. But when you talk about someone with a badge on, that's state-sponsored. That means he's sanctioned by the state. That's a whole another form of power. And if we don't have power throughout the court system and the judicial branch with somebody, uh, you know, having that authority as far as a weapon, then we've got, you know, some somewhat of anarchy out there. So... I think those those two things are both both need to be addressed, but one much more fervently because you're talking about
2: police power. Right. So touching on the police thing, and I don't want to make the whole show a, a debate here. Wherever in Atlanta, yeah, though, I will meet up with you and, and have some drinks, and uh, we can go over this. But um, touching on the police thing, there are so many interactions daily between police officers, um, perps, good people, children, whoever. The amount of interactions that go bad is so minimal compared to the other interactions that they have. And those are the ones that get focused on the media attention and a lot of listen, are there bad police officers? Yeah, there are, there's bad doctors, there's bad mechanics that will try to get you to sell you your brakes and sell you your motor and whatever else is wrong with your car. There's bad, bad apples in every job. So I will give you that. But I would like to believe that Nine and a half out of ten police officers generally go out there with the feeling of doing their job and helping the public and serving the community that they work in.
1: Yeah, look, this is not an anti-cop rant. This is about figuring out a systemic problem and getting it, you know, getting to the root of it. Yeah, of course, you're going to have bad apples in every bunch. Of course, we all know that. The question is, do you have a process of weeding them out? Well, you know, they, the, they do uh, though. They, they go against
2: the grand jury, and they, you know, they get, are determined whether it's going to go to trial or not. And then they will face the trial. So there are checks and balances there.
1: Yeah, but but hold on now. now. <laughs> let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, because we know uh, it's very very hard to indict someone once they have that badge of authority. And and the question just just simply becomes at a certain point, okay, are they above the law or not? Uh, because once you have that as even an outlier, you've got a problem, of course. You're talking about proportionally, of course. The majority of officers, any shoot they're involved in, is going to be something they can justify not only through the evidence but the actual event. But there are going to be outliers to where you have to say, wait a minute, uh, this is out of hand and maybe we got some problems over here. Now, if people go to internal affairs and then they're pushed out of the department, as we saw in the two DOJ reports, that's where you start to wonder about, okay, is this systemic to where people are saying
2: you cross this line, you're out. Now, that's an issue. But back to the Kaepernick thing. The thing is he protested for what he did. He stuck up for a lot of people and what he believes in. We, we support him for whatever he wants to do with us. The way he went about it, it offended a lot of people. There was other ways of going about it. He didn't have to do it sitting down like that. Nas, we appreciate your time. Uh, we offered you a T-shirt. We got cut off with you the last time you called in. We want to send it down to you. We're going to connect you with our producer, Goon. He wants to send you an over-the-top sports t-shirt because you're a loyal listener. and We appreciate you having you on, buddy. Yo, appreciate the call debate, man. We didn't even yell absolutely, at each other. No, absolutely. Y'all have a good one, man. All <laughs> right. Thank you. That's Nas, a great faithful caller over here at over-the-top sports. We got Rob. Robbie uh, J.R. is back. Robbie D.J.R., whatever the hell he wants to be called. He's back. So welcome back to the show, Rob. They come over here and finish off these five minutes. You got anything no, on your mind? God.
0: Listen, guys, I, I was able to catch some of the talk with Nas, and um, well, I, I get it. You know, I, I kind of lay low on it. Um, I, I'm going to be always a little bit biased towards the police officers. Anybody that knows me knows that both of my parents are cops. Um, but I think one of the most important things is to be able to talk about this stuff because the divide is just so – it's such a bad divide right now. This that that so close to a civil war, and I don't want to get into politics, but there's just such a divide, not just racially but politically and everything, Um, So to be able for you guys From what I heard To be able to have like a a discussion about it uh, To you guys and to Nas Good job I mean to keep your heads and be able to discuss If more people could discuss stuff like that I said peoples. if more people could discuss stuff like that I think it would be a big help Because it's getting out of hand So uh, good job by you guys Good job by Nas Uh, Talking about it is the only way to do it Instead of doing something stupid with your actions or yelling Uh, Good job by you guys That's all I have to say
2: Well, thank you, Rob, and uh, I do appreciate that. And Goon just said we do have three minutes left. You missed before. I just wanted to get your take on the jerseys in baseball. Uh, Vinny and I did not like them, especially him being a Yankee fan. He just felt like the history was uh, taken out of it with the nicknames. I'm a history guy, Rob. Big history guy.
0: You you know how I would have liked it? Is if after every game, each player took the jersey off their back, signed it, and then went into auction for a charity. But instead, MLB is monetizing this for themselves. If this was a one-game, not a whole weekend thing, um, I'd be okay with it. Each player on their sleeve could have what charity they want. It could have been the logo for that charity to get it some exposure. And, you know, I get it. They did the whole thank you thing, and that was fine. But what about a charity? How about make some money for some people that really could use the money? What if they did it next weekend and all the money went to Houston? Because that could be used. That would be something that I would be happy with it for. But when it's just for MLB to make an extra buck, I I didn't like it. Uh, it, Next year, do it for a cause. Do it for something good. Like I said, Houston could really use the money that the MLB got off of that. And I'm guaranteeing you that if a guy like uh, Gary Sanchez signed his El Kraken jersey and they put it for auction on an MLB site, it would bring in a ton of money and that money would add up so much that it could really do some good around the country. Rob, uh, I OB appreciate that charity,
2: you. and I'm with you 100% on all that, but I got some charity, Seltzer's charity for the audience here. I want to get into some bets real quick. You got Chris Sale going tomorrow. That guy is coming off a horrible start. You know he's going to come out and deliver his best. Now, I'm sure his line's going to be juicy, but take the run line. I trust him. Jaime Garcia will probably lose to the Tribe tomorrow. That guy is sucks. He is dog poop. Thursday night, college football, Ohio State, minus 20.5 against Indiana. That program has never been good at football. I don't expect them to get good this year. Friday night, I love Northern Illinois, plus three at home against Boston College. And Saturday, take the under Michigan and Florida, 44.5. Both brutal, powerhouse defenses. Not a lot of offense on either squad. I love the under 44.5. Those are my bets for this week. Uh, Also, check the Twitter. And real quickly, I just want to touch on that Kyrie trade. Kyrie Irving, the the Celtics, it looked all official, but Isaiah Thomas had a bad hip, and the physical got all messed up. It's time to open that door again with the New York Knicks, send Carmelo Anthony out of here, and hopefully that trade doesn't go through and the Knicks can somehow get Melo out and Kyrie in. And that's all I got to say. I guess I'll close out the show here. <laughs> the no, no, no Vinny,
0: I thought, I thought we were out of time. Let me just, for my final thoughts, just apologize for not being able to be with you guys the whole hour. I take the blame. I, don't, I love to blame Goon for a lot. This was on me tonight, guys. I was stuck at work. Um, so sorry for any uh, problems. Uh, but we'll be doing better next time. And don't forget, guys, a week from Saturday, we're going to have our special from Dallas, guys, previewing the NFL and college football. So don't forget that, a week from Saturday, day before week one in the NFL. Uh, thanks for listening to us on Over the Top Sports Radio, guys. Follow us on Twitter, and we'll see you
2: next week. Check out our website at www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S, and on Instagram at Over the Top Sports Show.